In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13-year-old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020. It's our future. We know that the success of our healthcare system is thanks to the hardworking people on the front lines and behind the scenes to ensure that Queenslanders receive the best care possible. With that in mind, we wanted Showcase 2020 to shine a light on the people and services that are unleashing their potential, changing the way care is delivered and improving outcomes. It sounds pretty intuitive to have pharmacists take the lead in administering influenza vaccinations. Kim Tarr joined us to discuss how Metro North has adapted their practices to support vaccination of their most high-risk hospital outpatients. I'll be presenting the results of a study conducted by the pharmacy department at the Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital, which evaluated pharmacist administration of influenza vaccinations in high-risk hospital outpatients, or the APIVO study. Now, uh, before I start, there are a few acknowledgements. This is a collaborative project with the Queensland University of Technology. It is follow-on work from the Queensland Pharmacist Immunisation Pilot Study, or QPIP, which was conducted in 2013, led by Professor Lisa Nissen and her team at QUT. We also received great assistance and guidance from the Allied Health Professions Office of Queensland, or ARPOC, and the Infectious Diseases Department at RBWH and the Pharmaceutical Society of Australia, or PSA. Influenza is a highly contagious viral infection that can cause severe illness and life-threatening complications. There is well-documented evidence that increasing rates of influenza vaccinations amongst high-risk patients will decrease the number of confirmed flu cases, reduce hospital emissions and associated costs and deaths. Despite this, under-usage of immunisation programs continues to be a significant public health concern. Studies have identified that inadequate time to attend a venue for vaccination is a significant contributor to less than ideal vaccination rates. Therefore, increasing accessibility and convenience of public immunisation is the only way to achieving the immunisation goals of public health. Pharmacists are ideally positioned to provide flu vaccinations as they are highly trusted and accessible healthcare providers. And I'm not being biased there, being a pharmacist. In the Australian context, there is literature that supports pharmacist administration of vaccines in community pharmacies. However, there are currently no studies that investigate this scope of practice in hospital and healthcare facilities. And prior to April 2019, Queensland regulation limited the administration of vaccines by a pharmacist to community pharmacy premises only. At the Royal Brisbane Women's Hospital, the pharmacy service has significant input into ambulatory outpatient clinics across several service lines. 
It was suggested that the pharmacy service could be extended to include opportunistic administration of vaccines to high-risk outpatients as part of their routine appointment, with a view to increasing immunisation access to patients most at risk of adverse outcomes from contracting the flu that may not have been otherwise vaccinated to the annual influenza vaccine. We therefore conducted a project which aimed to implement pharmacists administered flu vaccinations opportunistically during routine outpatient appointments and assess the feasibility, acceptability and potential benefits of this model in a hospital outpatient setting. Significant consultation was undertaken at hospital, executive and service line level to obtain project approval and prior to our commencement of the study we obtained approval from the Queensland Health Human Research Ethics Committee. A meeting with the Chief Health Officer for Queensland resulted in changes to the Queensland Pharmacist Vaccination Standard, allowing this in-scope activity for pharmacists to include administration of vaccines within a hospital um, and healthcare facility. Training was then arranged with funding from RPOC and undertaken through the PSA for 16 hospital pharmacists to be suitably trained and existing pharmacy outpatient clinics were scoped and set up to meet the requirements of the vaccination standard. Finally, a hospital procedure was developed in line with best practice and with assistance from local and state leaders to ensure high quality pharmacy vaccination service was provided. For our model of service delivery, all patients who were booked for a routine pharmacy review were assessed for suitability to receive the influenza vaccine during their clinic visit using a screening checklist. The patients were eligible if they qualified for free vaccines under the National Immunisation Program, a government-funded program providing vaccines free to those at highest risk from influenza. This assured that we were providing vaccines to those at the highest risk of the flu and they were not left out of pocket or required a referral to their GP for vaccination, which is a point of difference from the QPIP study. For suitable patients, the pharmacist provided written and verbal information on the risks and benefits of immunisation and obtained the patient's consent to be vaccinated. Administration of the vaccination was documented in the patient's medical records and communicated to the immunisation register and the patient's nominated GP if requested. And the patients and pharmacists who consented to participate in the study completed a separate questionnaire about their vaccination experience. So the key outcomes of the study, the new immunisation service commenced on June the 10th and the study ran for four weeks. The time from project concept and approval to service implementation was four months, so we had an extremely tight timeline given the biological time constraints of the flu. We couldn't ask for an extension, unfortunately. During the study period, 30 patients received pharmacist-administered flu vaccinations. Of these, 27 patients consented to partake in the study and the largest age group vaccinated were those aged between 46 to 65 years. In terms of exploring patient experience and perceptions, nearly half of patients indicated they had never received a flu vaccination before. When asked the main reason for not receiving the flu vaccination in previous years, nearly half advised it was because they didn't think it was necessary. Most patients indicated the main reason they were receiving the flu vaccination this year was because it was suggested by the hospital pharmacist at the clinic visit. And nearly half of patients vaccinated indicated that they would not have been vaccinated this year if this service had not been available. Convenience was most frequently cited as the main reason for receiving the flu vaccination at the clinic visit, as well as the best aspect of the service, which is in keeping with findings from other studies that report access to a suitable venue for vaccination was a significant barrier to immunisation. Patient, 
patient satisfaction of the immunisation service was very high, with all patients completely satisfied with the overall uh, vaccination experience and would recommend the service to family and friends, and no serious adverse events occurred during the study. Where did the vaccinations take place? Well, nearly half of all the vaccines administered were given in maternity outpatients, followed by surgery and pre-admission clinics and renal and dialysis outpatients. So these were the clinic areas where we saw the greatest return on investment of our time and resources. When the pharmacist vaccinators were asked about their experience, of the seven pharmacists who completed the satisfaction survey, which used a five-point Leichhardt scale, just under half felt neutral that adding the service reduced the number of patients they were able to review in clinic, which does suggest that more time may be required to be spent on patients receiving vaccinations. But despite this, over half strongly agreed that the vaccination service had a positive impact on their relationship with their patients. Most pharmacists strongly agreed to wishing to continue to provide vaccinations to their patients in clinic and indicated the main reason for wanting to offer this service was to increase patient immunisation rates. When asked what the biggest challenges and barriers to implementation were, the reoccurring theme was workflow and logistics of having the equipment ready when needed, so quite minor challenges really. So in summary, the high patient satisfaction ratings informed we were successful in delivering a hospital immunisation service that was convenient, safe and efficient. Patients who had not already been vaccinated by June and were unlikely to have been vaccinated received an influenza vaccine administered by the first hospital pharmacy department in Queensland to offer this service. Our opportunistic model of care therefore demonstrated improved access to flu vaccinations for high-risk outpatients and this model would be transferable to other hospital settings, potentially both outpatients and inpatients as an additional and sustainable avenue for immunising patients in the hospital, providing public health benefits by increasing immunisation rates in the general population. And just finally, at a local level, outpatient clinics which provided the greatest return on investment, such as women's and newborns or maternity outpatients, will be scoped for expansion of the service, which includes potentially administration of other vaccinations. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.